Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Happy to be back with you for another uh, golf event. Had the Olympics last week. That was a pretty fun uh, Olympic tournament. Sandra Shoffley bringing home the gold medal for the USA. We know Noto's proud of that, so we'll let him talk about Xander here in just a bit. But uh, we'll set the stage for the show here for you first and then get you set for the WGC event this week uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, the FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Uh, and also next year's PGA Tour schedule, uh, the 2021-2022 PGA Tour calendar uh, was released today. So uh, plenty of stuff that we can talk about here throughout the show. Of course, I am Justin Van Zuden, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84, the host of the program as usual. And I will bring in my two co-hosts. We got a three-man booth back with you today in our newest addition to the Roto Grinders family. Happy to bring Mr. Ron Kloss into the show. Uh, he's been uh, starting to do some work behind the scenes for us on some uh, modeling and projection uh, items and uh, has a really good uh, Twitter account that uh, that's how we noticed him here at uh, RG first. So uh, happy to introduce you, Ron. And uh, why don't you uh, tell the people just uh, a little bit about yourself there? Uh, appreciate it, guys. Uh, super excited to be here. Uh, I kind of grew up watching you guys uh, many years ago, um, but uh, you guys are one of the best in the biz and, uh, you know, I'm thrilled to be here. Um, so, yeah, I played golf, um, watched golf my entire life, uh, kind of going back to the pandemic. Uh, that's kind of when I kind of started the uh, just building spreadsheets and, uh, you know, golf data and golf analytics um, just kind of uh, are, are addicting to me. So, uh, started building spreadsheets, uh, started the Twitter account, um, didn't have any expectations at all, and uh, just kind of took off from there. And, uh, you know, here we are. So, um, again, glad to be here. Yeah, it was fascinating when uh, we, you know, we started seeing your uh, tweets and stuff that, you know, I just presumed you were somebody else that was already a part of the DFS golf community that was doing it behind the scenes. And, uh, 
um, Noto just said, Hey, I'm going to reach out to him and uh, super happy to, uh, to have you on board. And for people who might not be familiar with uh, the data that you've put out there on Twitter or uh, social media, why don't you uh, let uh, the viewers know where they can find you and uh, we'll see if we can get you some new followers too. So yeah, it's PGA splits one oh one. Uh, PJ splits 101 on Twitter and uh, yeah I post you know I try to come up with stuff that you know a lot of people aren't looking at um, and so you know just you know like today I put something out there for uh, you know that kind of going back to 2017 you know no cut events you know a lot of people don't look at things like finish position and all those things so I just try to gather those uh, together in one spot and uh, just give people something else to look at and analyze and so really enjoy it so well, super happy to have you on board and uh, talk some golf here with you tonight. Looks like you're a looks like you're a Michigan Wolverines guy, huh? Born and raised. Go blue. <laughs> All right, uh, bring in our other co-host as well as usual, Mister Notorious, aka Derek Farnsworth, uh, instrumental in helping uh, bring Ron aboard. So uh, Noto Xander Shoffley takes home the gold, and uh, we got uh, we got Ron here with us, and uh, you know, probably a pretty good week for you. Yeah, good week for sure. Uh, Olympics was a great time. But yeah, you know, I love my uh, data, my stats, you know, I've been building my own model for a while now. So uh, I was definitely following Ron stuff pretty closely on Twitter, I reached out to him. And uh, yeah, he was on board. And I can't imagine the number of hours that you poured into those spreadsheets. So um, yeah, love having him on board. We have that new strokes game tool. It has everything you could possibly want from a statistical standpoint. So make sure to check that out. I believe it's free for everyone this week. Um, so make sure to check that out and, uh, yeah, really excited to have you on board. So, uh, we've also got some additional stuff of yours over there at Roto Grinders for free this week for everybody to check out as well, too. Uh, I don't want to misspeak. So why don't you let me know, or you let the people know what's out there, uh, for free of yours this week. Yeah. So for the first time ever, you can download my model, uh, and all the weights that I use for all the different stats and stuff, um, are included. So you can go through, you can change the weights, you can adjust them uh, to create your own ratings. And then uh, there's a little tab and you can upload those right into lineup HQ and start building lineups. So uh, my favorite part every single week is, you know, deciding what's important, uh, messing with my weightings, coming up with my own ratings and then, you know, build lineups from there. So now everyone else can do it as well. Yeah, I'll definitely download that and uh, check it out. All, well, you will have to manually adjust Brian Harmon downward every week <laughs> you do. uh, if you want to, if you want uh, your lineups to come out without Harmon in them. But uh, check it out. Lots of good stuff, and uh, we're we're giving a glimpse of a lot of it for free over there at Roto Grinder. So if you're watching on our YouTube channel or you're watching on the podcast feed after the fact, uh, be sure to check out those tools. We think uh, you'll you'll really like them and. Uh, you know, then hopefully uh, some of you guys will uh, will want to access everything going forward and uh, happy to offer you a premium subscription as well. And as usual, we'll have Devin, our producer, throw the link in the chat. Uh, you can get uh, $10 off your first month of either combo premium, uh, which includes basically everything except NASCAR or single sport premium. You can pick and choose the sports that you want. Uh, flexibility is yours to choose what you want to sign up for with your Roto Grinders premium. And as always later in the show, We'll play Augusta Golfer game and give away a free week uh, to somebody in the YouTube chat that's uh, checking us out live. So we'll get to that in a little bit, uh, but uh, plenty of golf to get to. We've got a short field again this week, 66 golfers again for the WGC. So we'll be able to make up some time and get through it. But uh, uh, Ron, how'd you enjoy the uh, Olympics tournament last week? Well, I'm a night owl, so I loved having golf on at nighttime. Um, so I'm sure y'all would agree the coverage was amazing. Um, I've never seen 
so many golf shots in a, in a eight hour window in my life. Uh, so, uh, it was, it was, it was better than I thought it was going to be. I'll, I'll put it like that. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, the course played pretty easy, but, uh, it was still, you know, it was in great shape and, uh, Lots of golf on TV. I uh, I did not stay up on uh, Sunday morning with the uh, the big playoff for the bronze medal, and uh, that was just too late for me. Uh, but uh, saw the uh, the chaos that uh, that involved what five or six golfers there in the playoff uh, when I got up, and uh, definitely was a tournament that uh, I think uh, the organizers have to be happy with the way it uh, it turned out and. You know, you knew somebody was just going to go low there on Sunday uh, without regard. You know, if you're fifth place and 50th place, it didn't really make much of a difference. So uh, you saw a lot of those guys attack some pins, and uh, it was Rory Sabatini that ended up making the big move up the leaderboard. And Noto, I got to give you some props. You called it last week on the show, uh, getting the uh, the eligibility to, to bring home a medal for, you know, just to play in the Olympics and bring home a medal for his country. And he was only about two or 3% owned, depending on the contest you were in. So, uh, did you play any Sabatini last week? So I only did uh, two lineups and he did not make my final cut. Um, and uh, if I wish I would have had him on Sunday, I mean, that showdown score was probably incredible. Uh, I think him and CT Pan shot like a 57 in a best ball, uh, which is just incredible. Uh, and then to see CT Pan kind of outlast everyone in that seven man playoff. Um, it was really cool to watch. I love the primetime coverage. Uh, I love that it started from the second that the first group teed off and, you know, the coverage went until everyone was done. Uh, even at the majors, you don't really see that. You have to go, you know, watch some online, watch some on ESPN, watch some on Golf Channel, whatever it may be. But we got nonstop coverage. Um, like Ron was mentioning, they showed a ton of golf shots, which was cool. And there's something about, you know, everyone just fighting for three prizes that really, you know, brought out the best in the competition. You know, there's no difference between fourth and 60th because um, there's only three medals. So I thought it was awesome. Um, I do think, you know, eventually uh, more big name golfers are going to want to play in the Olympics. I think uh, the next one's in Paris and then the next one's at Riviera uh, in eight years or seven years. Um, so I think that's going to be fun. I think a lot of big names will start to make this more part of their, uh, you know, schedule and uh, a goal of theirs to win a medal. Yeah, well put. Uh, it was definitely a fun tournament and congrats to uh, anybody that won some DFS money last week. Um, it was my, I was telling Noto before the show, the first time in like five years that I did not put a DFS lineup in, um, just figured it was a good week to reset and uh, take a little break and come back refreshed and ready for this week. Uh, and, uh, yeah, hopefully that'll pay dividends. So no DFS lo losses or winnings uh, for me last week, a big old zero. Uh, and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can get back on track here this week. So, all right, let's go ahead and turn our attention to this week's tournament. That's the uh, WGC FedEx St. Jude uh, in Memphis at TPC Southwind. And, uh, the you know, it's kind of strange. This used to be <clears throat> a full field event, uh, just a normal PGA Tour event, and then it got shifted to a WGC event. And with the new schedule that came out for next year, it's going to be the first event of the playoffs next year. So they just kind of keep shifting this around. But for now, still a WGC with 66 golfers in the field this week. And uh, really strange, if you look at some of the patterns at this course, you see a lot of guys that have really consistently strong course history uh, to where maybe, you know, if you're a course history person, uh, if you like seeing strong, steady course history, there'll be a lot of names that come into the mix uh, for, for that this week. So, uh, Ron, what do you think of the course and the, the types of golfers that we need to either target or, or maybe avoid in data that you've put together this week? 
Yeah, well, it's, it's a very intriguing course. Uh, obviously, I'm sure most people have heard by now uh, the most water balls out of any course on tour. Um, so we've got five holes off the tee where water comes into play. We've got nine holes where uh, on approach shots where water comes into play. So it's a little bit similar to TP Swing uh, Twin Cities uh, a couple weeks ago. It just flipped a little bit. The uh, more of the danger this week is on the approach shots as far as the water goes. Uh, you got over 90 bunkers, uh, 11 dog legs. Uh, I don't know. That might be the most on tour. Um, so a lot of dog legs. Uh, we've got tight fairways. Uh, the rough here is Bermuda and uh, pretty uh, everything I've read and actually learned over the years, even living down here in Texas, uh, that grainy Bermuda rough is, is even though it's not deep, it's only two and a half inches. It's, it's tough to chip out of and tough to hit uh, those iron shots if you miss the fairway. So um, I definitely think off the tee approach, uh, uh, you've probably heard it a bunch already, but ball striking is uh, really going to be huge this week. So. All right. Uh, Noto, what do you think of the course this week? And are you putting more value on uh, some of that course history here? Yeah, I definitely agree with everything uh, Ron mentioned. And it's a par 70. It's 7,233 yards. Um, and that doesn't seem that long on paper, but uh, par adjusted, it's one of the longer courses that they're going to see on the PGA Tour. So you are going to get a lot of mid to long irons. Um, as Ron mentioned, the fairways are pretty tight off the tee. And uh, yeah, the rough's going to be tricky to hit out of. So um, a lot of dog legs. I don't think you're going to be able to overpower this course. Hitting fairways is a little bit more important than raw distance, in my opinion. If you want to look at, you know, strokes gained off the tee, good drive percentage, whatever it may be. Uh, definitely going to have a good week with the irons. I think four of the last six winners here uh, led the field in strokes gained uh, on approach. And then I think five of the last six led in strokes gained tee to green. So uh, this is one of the few courses where you can just load up the bad putters. Um, I think a couple of people have won here without gaining strokes on the greens, which uh, is very unusual for a PGA Tour event. So yeah, I'm looking at strong tee to green guys. I'm looking at a little bit of Bermuda putting. And then with it being a no-cut event, uh, I do think you want to target those birdie makers as well. Um, you're going to get four rounds, so guys that can outscore their finishing position will make a lot of sense uh, from a DFS standpoint. All right, let's go ahead and dig in. Uh, Noto, I'll stick with you and let you talk about the top golfers and obviously Shoffley winning last week. Of course, the narrative is circulating uh, about, you know, winning the gold medal, coming back, 14-hour time difference, uh, playing again this week. Certainly, you know, you're going to have a lot of golfers jet-lagged uh, after playing the Olympics and, uh, you know, pretty remarkable. This is the first time I think I've seen Xander Shoffley as the lowest owned of the top options in a field. Um, some of it is, you know, probably that narrative and he's expensive, but, uh, we do have six golfers above 10 K on DraftKings this week with Morikawa still at the top. Shoffley, Brooks Kepka, who looks like the chalk, uh, Spieth, DJ and Rory, all with the six figure price tags this week. So, uh, Noto, where are you landing on, uh, on those guys this week and, uh, you know, kind of the narrative with all the travel for some of these guys. Yeah, it's kind of funny with Xander. If he would have finished second or third uh, with a decent Sunday, everyone would want to play him this week, but he wins a gold medal, so now nobody wants to play him. Uh, I know I kind of started that trend many years ago, along with some others that you just got to fade the guy that won the week before. But, I mean, he's number one in my model. That obviously doesn't take into account travel and uh, motivation and that kind of stuff. So, um, at this ownership, I wasn't planning on playing him, but um, he's been so consistent. He's been so good. He finally got that monkey off his back. Uh, he kind of struggled there on the back nine and finally got the job done. Uh, we've seen him, you know, finish second a bunch of times the last couple of years. So maybe he can just turn it on and uh, go on a run here. We know he's great in no cut events. 
So I'll probably end up having some of him. Uh, Morikawa, I can't think of a course that's more better suited for him when it comes to good drives, great iron play. Um, don't have to be a great putter to contend. So he makes a lot of sense. Brooks obviously has the amazing course history. Does look like he's going to be the highest owned potentially of anyone in the field, which scares me a little bit. I don't think I can get that much, but he's got to win in two seconds here. The guys I'll be a lower on is going to be uh, Spieth and DJ. DJ just hasn't shown much recently. Spieth, uh, I think I saw one of Ron's tweets about it. Just not great in no-cut events. And Bermuda, by far, is worst putting surface. Uh, he's been awesome the last six months, but I'll probably be lower on him. And then for my pivot play, I like Rory McIlroy. He talked last week about, you know, the Olympics, doing the 180 on it. He wasn't too excited for him after being there, after experiencing everything. It really just fired him up. And he sounds more motivated than ever, um, which is something that we've been looking for in Rory. We know he's good on Bermuda. Uh, he, we know he's good in these WGC events. So I kind of like him as a, a lower on pivot in that range. He played pretty well last week. Uh, will he keep going without the hat? That uh, probably not. Did but, you hear uh, why? Yeah, he said he needs customized hats. And so and because of the, his head size. So I understand. Uh, <laughs> I, a lot of hats look weird on my head because it's so small. I get it. And so you can sympathize with Rory. So we'll uh, we'll see uh, if he, he goes back to the hat or if he keeps up the Ollie look uh, this week. But uh, all right, Ron, where do you stand on these top golfers? You're a data guy. So the, uh, you know, the data versus the narrative on Shoffley this week. Interesting uh, to hear your take on that and, uh, and the other guys in the uh, hefty price range on DraftKings this week. Yeah, just overall with, you know, I think it's 19 players traveling from, uh, you know, from the Olympics in Tokyo to, to, to Memphis. You know, I don't know if that's being overplayed a little bit here, but I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards um, favoring players who have rested and who didn't go to the Olympics. Um, so Kepka is my number one. Um, he's, you know, even though it's not a major, um, this is still a very strong field and it, it just seems uh, in no cut events, even, you know, he's in my top 10 for that ranking and uh, you know, no cut events majors doesn't matter to me. You know, if the field's strong, you know, he usually rises to the top. And so he's number one. And I think Morikawa is getting to the point here where he's, he's close to an auto play. Um, and like Noto said, a course like this, where it's all about ball striking and he's number one off the tee, he's number one approach. Um, and, and again, uh, around the green and putting doesn't matter as much here. And, you know, those are kind of his two weaknesses. So it's just kind of setting up for another, I would expect nothing less than a top five uh, finish from him again this week. And uh, Xander, Xander's my number three here. Uh, I think, I think you still with his success in no cut events, how good he is off the tee. Um, I still think he, he deserves some merit here, even, even after winning the gold medal. So uh, those would kind of be my top three. Definitely fading Jordan Spieth. Um, when I started digging into, you know, just his no-cut event history, and I know he hasn't been good the past three years, um, but even if you go back a little further, you know, he he just, for whatever reason, you know, you don't really, uh, these events where it's, uh, you know, birdies, you need birdies to be made here, and, uh, you know, he's, he's more of a grinder at times, and, you know, he's a good scrambler, and um, Bermuda is also his worst putting surface, so... Um, just those are kind of the reasons that uh, he would be my fade here. Well, this guy's fade Spieth. We're going to get along <laughs> real well over the next few years for sure. Um, yeah, interesting take there on the uh, no-cut event history, and Spieth is, is going to be pretty popular. I think you probably need to take a stand 
on Spieth and Kepka in GPPs this week. Uh, you know, find one that you want to play, maybe one that you want to fade or go underweight on because they are clearly going to be the two most popular golfers uh, of the 10K plus on DraftKings um, kind of with you. Noto on uh, on Rory as a kind of a contrarian option. I, I think that's interesting this weekend as well. Uh, as Justin Thomas, who did finally put together a couple good rounds on the weekend at the Olympics, um, which is maybe a good sign and, and wasn't ever really in the medal contention after the first two rounds. So uh, maybe he worked on some things and got some things figured out and we'll see if he can keep trending in the right direction. Uh, as we head into the uh, the 9K range and uh, Ron, I'll let you have the first crack at these guys. You've got uh, Oosthuizen, who's been playing really well, of course, uh, pretty much uh, all summer. Daniel Berger, the king of course history at TPC Southwind. You got Scheffler, who's been playing pretty well also, uh, and several other guys kind of uh, bunched in that 9K range on DraftKings this week. So who are some of your favorites in there? Yeah, my top two here, and I'll be loading up on these two big time, is uh, Patrick Cantlay at 9,300 and uh, Scheffler at 9,100. Um, Cantlay is just so consistent uh, just across the board. You know, he really doesn't have any weaknesses. Uh, last six months, he's third best in this field, tee to green. Uh, we know the putter can kind of come and go uh, at times. Uh, but I think one of y'all mentioned earlier, you know, putting putting on this course is, is much easier than the average tour course. Uh, so I'm, I'm not valuing that as much. Uh, but, yeah, so Cantley for sure. Uh, then you go down to Scheffler, and he just seems uh, – he hasn't played in that many of these no-cut events, but when you combine these with his major history, uh, just something about strong fields uh, brings out the best in him. Uh, so I really like his game. Uh just across the board, uh, very similar to Canley, very consistent uh, in all areas. Uh, so those those would be my main two here. Uh, and uh, I, I will take a little bit of Justin Thomas here. Uh, he was my main play last week. And eventually, he's going to put it together. And so having to come off a victory here last year uh, in this event, um, his approach game – I'm going to look for him to rebound here. So uh, I will play a, a little bit of JT as well. Yeah, I like Thomas uh, for those reasons. And uh, I think those last two rounds last week were pretty encouraging. So on board there. Uh, and it's just at, at 9,200, it's hard not to like Berger with the way he's played here in the past. Uh, Noto, I see you have him tagged up as well. So uh, who else are you looking at in the 9K range? Yeah, absolutely stacked range. I think for single entry, this is where I'll start because I kind of want to get three of these guys in my lineup. If you start in the 10Ks, um, you're probably going to do you know one of those and then one 9K guy. Um, I kind of like the three 9Ks a little better. Agree on Canley, agree on Scheffler, agree on JT. Uh, as far as Berger goes, I mean, he's just so consistent. One of those guys that has a high floor, has a high ceiling. I kind of tend to gravitate those towards those guys. Two wins here and a second place here last year. Great on Bermuda um, throughout his career good driver of the ball, good with his irons. So yeah, it's hard for me not to like uh, Kent or Berger quite a bit. And we didn't talk about Louis. Um, last six events, second, third, second, 18th, second, and eighth. Um, you kind of get the feeling he's either going to win or the wheels are going to come off and he's finally going to have a bad week. I'm hoping uh, it's the former and he uh, finally breaks through with the win because it seems like a good course fit for him. Um, it's a little tougher than some of the birdie fests. Um, 20th and a sixth place here the last two years. So yeah, I like Louie quite a bit. And then, you know, we didn't mention Bryson, Hideki, Hovland. So a ton of big names in this Yeah, match. yeah. It's just, it's loaded. And 
you know, when you consider the question marks at the top end with guys like, you know, DJ um, not in the best of form, you know, Shoffley coming off the gold medal with the travel, uh, et cetera. I mean, you can, uh, you can certainly make a case for loading up on the nine K range. If you're a little bit more uncomfortable uh, with the, uh, with the top options. And you're also going to get lower owned guys in here, like Casey at 11%, Matsuyama at 6%. Um, that's just simply because there are so many good golfers kind of in this price range. So, um, Ron, is there anybody you kind of like in here or want to mention, uh, that, uh, that we didn't talk about a whole lot in the nine K range. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just Hideki, you know, I read a quote where he basically said he was exhausted. So I'm staying far away from him. Um, you know, Victor Hovland is obviously a guy who just seems to always be there. Uh, when you look at ball striking, I mean, he's fourth off the tee, third approach. Uh, you know, you got to have a little bit of him because you, you just never know when he's when he's going to take down one of these. So um, Victor would be another one that I'm uh, definitely looking at here. All right. Uh, let's uh, go ahead and move down into the 8K range. Uh, I'll let you have first uh, crack at this here, Noto. Uh, we've got uh, Finau, we've got Fitzpatrick, we've got Patrick Reed, who nobody has put more miles on the uh, travel odometer in the last month than Patrick Reed from the Open Championship to the 3M, then kind of surprising late addition to the Olympics when Bryson had to, to withdraw. Um, so you got Reed in there, Shane Lowry, Webb Simpson, Neiman, Answer, Cam Smith. So again, these are guys who are oftentimes in the price in the 9Ks. Um, Reed scares me too much with all that travel and I never need too many excuses to, to fade him. So I think I'll be out on Reed this week, but uh, Noto, your thoughts on the eight case. Oh man, looks like Reed got a late early tea time again. So uh, we're going to hear it from Justine on Twitter <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't think I could play Reed and it, it just gets the feeling that it's one of these weeks where he's just going to troll everyone and uh, have a big week, but I won't be on him. Uh, this range isn't as strong for me. I like answer quite a bit. Again, I like consistency with up with upside. A couple top 20s here. Um, and he's just one of those guys that plays so good on the weekend. Um, so maybe if he can get off to a little bit better start, then uh, he can be in contention. Um, yeah, I mean, Webb's interesting. He rates out well for me, but just hasn't been playing a ton of golf recently. Popped up a little bit at the Open Championship. Fitzpatrick's usually one of my guys, but it looks like he's going to be pretty popular. Um, you know, the proximity numbers that I'm looking at, he's almost dead last in the field. Um, his approach numbers have kind of tailed off a little bit. So not sure what to do with Fitz. Um, usually one of my, you know, highest on guys each and every week. He's got a sixth and a fourth here. So a little bit torn there. Not too high on uh, Finau. Yeah, this is pretty dead range for me. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a step down from the 9Ks. Uh, I maybe like it a little bit more um you know lowry kind of always underappreciated Finau in single digits is always going to interest me a little bit uh webb simpson played fairly well at the open should be rested so uh he's got a couple good finishes here so i think those guys are are okay but uh certainly not as excited about rostering them as, as some of the 9k golfers so uh, we can x out tommy fleetwood since this is back in the states uh the last time he's had a really strong finish uh, in these parts has, uh, has been a while. So, uh, Ron, some of your favorites in the eight uh, K's who are you looking at? Yeah. Webb is Webb is just severely underpriced to me. Uh, I know he's had his struggles lately, but, uh, you know, at eight, five, it's just too low. I mean, he finished 12th there last year. He was second the year before, 
uh, he's number one in my model in uh, correlated courses. Uh, so uh, a great Bermuda putter. Uh, and like you said, uh, Justin, he's rested. So uh, I know he's been putting in the work. If you follow uh, his caddy, Paul Tesori, uh, he's been putting a lot of, a lot of uh, work on his game. And so uh, I love him. Uh, my top guy here. I do like Fitzpatrick. I will be overweight on him. Um, he rates out sixth in my entire model. Um, and he's a lot of past quotes here where he, he basically flat out says that he loves this course. And uh, so, yeah, his approach game is, is worrisome here. Um, but again, he's got a great uh, course history here. Um, and uh, his off the tee game uh, doesn't completely make up for his approach troubles, but uh, you know, I do like that part of his game. Um, and answer uh, you, you got to go answer at 8,300. Uh, again, another one of those guys that's just super consistent. Um, I have no worries about him um, as far as one of the guys uh, traveling over here uh, from the Olympics. Um, just his ball striking. Um, uh, in my scoring model, he rates out sixth, sixth best in the entire field. Um, so great birdie or better player. Uh, gives himself a lot of opportunities. Uh, so those would be my, my top three uh, in this range. All right. Uh, I think we've covered most of the options in there. Um, Noto, you got any takes on anybody at the bottom end of the 8K range that maybe you uh, didn't mention? Uh, I mean, Connors, if you, uh, you know, want to target a ball striker that can't put, um, that certainly makes some sense. He did play last week in the Olympics. Um, and I know I said I was torn on fits. I'm sure I'll have a ton of him because uh, I can't help myself. Um, I was going to say, that's <laughs> as low as I've seen you on him in a long time. Yeah, I was planning on saying the same thing about Harmon here in a minute, but uh, I'm sure I'll say some good things about my boy. Um, but yeah, I do like the Lowry call. You brought him up a little bit. He feels overpriced, so that's always going to lead to lower ownership. Uh, he was third last week in strokes gained approach at the Olympics. Um, really good irons recently and sixth place here last year. Yeah, and if you're playing on Yahoo, he's $1 above the minimum uh, salary, so uh, that's just too cheap. And on FanDuel, he's actually well below the average salary per golfer. So on Yahoo and FanDuel, he's way underpriced. Uh, and on DraftKings, he's overpriced, as Noto mentioned, at 8,600, uh, which is going to keep the ownership down. So uh, however you want to slice the narrative, uh, you can you can make that fit. And uh, I like him in GPPs this week. All right, let's go ahead and move into the 7Ks, which uh, bring about some more interesting names. Lots of tags up in our lineup HQ. Harris English not tagged, but he is the highest owned of the group. Uh, Jason Kokrak is also going to have his share of ownership this week. Uh, Noto and I have both tagged up Hatton. Uh, I think this course is a really strong fit for Hatton's game. Doesn't have the course history that you see with a lot of other guys, but I like the fit. Um, Sergio, Adam Scott, a couple guys that are pretty cheap this week. And then, of course, Noto's boy, Brian Harmon. Um, I'll stick with you, Noto. Who are you looking at in the 7Ks? Is this the smallest 7K range we've ever had? There's like 12 yeah, it's golfers. It's pretty small. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I know it's only uh, you know a pretty short field, but usually this range uh, has a little bit more options. Yeah, I like Harmon. Uh, very similar game to Fitzpatrick. You know, he's pretty accurate off the tee, uh, an elite short game. And then if he has a good week with the Irons, you expect him to play really well. Uh, Hatton's just too cheap. I mean, he's one of the you know top 10 golfers in the world when he's playing well. Um, I know he's missed a couple cuts recently. They're both on the number at the U S open in the open championship. Before that, he had a second at the Palmetto really good on Bermuda and uh, really good. No cut events. So I like him English. I mean, I like him, but I always hesitate targeting guys coming off of a win recently um, that aren't like superstar talents. Uh, we saw him win in January and then he kind of tailed off for three or four months. So 
Um, if he's going to be the highest on guy in this range, I don't mind being underweight on that. Kokrag makes some sense to me. And then uh, Sergio Garcia, we got to talk about him. He led the field in strokes gained T to green at the 3M Open, and he finished like T26 or something like that. Um, so just wild. Um, that hardly ever happens. But um, this course rewards T to green play. He does have five straight top 30s. So maybe this is a week he can finally, you know, be neutral with the field with his putter. <laughs> Yeah, small greens here too. So, uh, you know, you're not going to have a lot of 60 foot putts. Uh, I, I like Sergio this week. So, uh, with that uh, improving form and the TD Green game being there, I think, you know, and especially the price, I mean, 7,300, um, he's pretty cheap everywhere. He is min salary on Yahoo. He's 8,600 on FanDuel. Uh, that's really cheap. So, I'm in on Sergio this week. All right, lots of golfers in this range. Uh, Ron, who you like in here? Yeah, Hatton should be, I mean, he should be that at least 8k um i still can't figure that price out like any like everyone else can't um you know he's i mean he's the 13th ranked player in the world here so um and like noto said at palmetto he gained 14 shots t to green in that tournament alone so i mean that was just six weeks ago so a uh, pretty mind-boggling there uh he's also number six in no cut events so um these these type of no cut contests where uh, he can just go out and try to make as many birdies as he can um, you know, I really like him here. Uh, Kokrak, uh, he's another guy that just, uh, when, when the fields are tough, uh, he kind of plays his best here. And so I uh, really like Kokrak, uh, another good ball striker, 10th off the tee, 17th on approach. Um, I do like English a lot here. Um, kind of to Noto's point, he has two top threes in his last three events here. So I'm going to, I'm going to trust him to, uh, kind of keep it going here, especially at that price. Um, you know, I think he's a very confident player right now. And I think confidence obviously in golf is, is huge. Um, he's gained five straight events on his approach, which can kind of come and go at times. Um, so that's kind of got me, uh, in his direction here. Uh, one other guy I'll mention is uh, Billy Horschel at seven, one, uh, another guy that's, you know, well-rested great Bermuda putter, uh, in the last two years, uh, he was 25th here last year and then ninth the year before. So, um, I'll take uh, some shots at a uh, Horschel at 71. Yeah. He's played really, really well here. Uh, even if you go back to when this was a full field event, uh, I put that in my article um, over at Roto grinders this week. I, I dug back into his history, even when this was a full field event. So uh, let's see, just got to pull it up here. So yes, uh, 2013, he was 10th, 2014, he was sixth. 2015, he was eighth. He didn't play in 16, 2017, he was fourth. Uh, 2018 51st so that was the one kind of dud uh, but that was still a full field event so he made the cut and then the two additions uh, since it's been a WGC 9th in 2019 25th in 2020 so Orschel's one of those guys kind of like Bubba Watson tends to play the same course as well uh, and this is clearly a course that he really likes so I like Horschel in GPPs this week too um, Noto anything else after uh, hearing those thoughts to kind of round out the 7Ks for you uh, also, like Ian Poulter, uh, Ryder Cup year, he's got to make a strong push. He's made seven straight cuts all in the top 40. And uh, another guy that tends to uh, play well in these no-cut events. All right. So let's go ahead and move down to the value. Um, and before we do that, a couple things. Um, I'm going to play our Guess the Golfer segment. So our favorite value play under 7K. There's not a lot. Um it's a little bit more obvious this week than it has been some other weeks. So you guys don't need to be mentioning, you know, the Scott Browns of the world. 
um, as the, uh, the, the punt golfer of the week. So just our favorite golfer under seven K it's not going to take too many guesses this week. The first one to get it free week of Roto grinders, premium access. Um, we'll go ahead and let you guys throw some guesses out there. And while we're doing that, uh, Jim Steele and chat also asking about groups this week. I'll take a quick look here at the, uh, the weather, uh, let's see if there's anything standing out weather wise, but otherwise I don't really think, you know, Noto, do you think there's any reason to like group together the nine K guys or do anything fancy in lineup HQ with groups because of the way the field is bunched together in pricing? Uh, I think building some teams with two 10K guys uh, would be interesting, a way to get a unique roster construction. I do think, you know, the popular builds can be three 9Ks or one 10 and one nine. So maybe build a few with uh, a couple 10K guys. Yeah, weather does not appear like it's going to be a factor. It's not supposed to rain and it's not supposed to be super windy. So uh, otherwise, yeah, you're basically just looking at lineup construction from a salary perspective and, um, you know, with only 66 golfers in the field and a no cut event, uh, leaving some salary on the table, never a bad idea. So don't mind doing that in some multi-entry builds. Uh, if you're, you know, concerned about duplicated lineups or things like that. So, uh, Ron, you got any hot takes on, uh, on lineup building in general, or, uh, you know, since you're new, uh, haven't gotten a, a sense for your lineup building tastes and your nuances and the guys you tend to gravitate towards just yet. So we'll have to build that up over time, but uh, what are your kind of general thoughts on lineup construction in, in DFS? Yeah, well, for, for an event like this, uh, I'm going for scores. Um, I know a couple of guys we got coming up here in the 6K range, um, you know, guys who, who can get really hot. Um, and so uh, that's kind of what I'm aiming for. Uh, one section of my model uh, is called the scoring model. I want to kind of bunch together, you know, birdie or better, proximity to the hole, and, uh, you know, a couple other – scoring stats. Uh, so that's kind of what I like to target in these type of events. Um, so, but yeah, I'll, most of the time I'm taking a balanced approach, um, instead of uh, kind of a top heavy one. So that's kind of my, my method, especially for this, this event. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And, uh, with everybody getting four rounds, you know, getting some of the scores in the, uh, the six K range are, uh, are definitely interesting. Um, We'll go ahead. Still waiting for uh, somebody to guess. Uh, give everybody. We're, we're trying to limit everybody to one guess tonight. So, I uh, have not seen anybody guess it right on their first guess yet. Uh, we'll give somebody. You know, we'll give everyone a chance to do a, a few more, uh, and then might open it up for a second guess. But uh, all right. So without giving away our favorite guy, uh, that is the uh, the winner of the game. Uh, Noto, who are some of your favorite punts this week? Yeah, uh, hoping you guys can talk me into a couple more. Um, besides the favorite punt, I only have four other guys in my uh, player pool right now. Sam Burns is one guy that can make a ton of birdies, very wide range of outcomes. I kind of like that in a no-cut event. Uh, I got Kevin Kisner. He's been playing some good golf, a couple top 30s here. Um, really good putter on Bermuda. I got Stuart Sink. Um, really good with the irons. He missed a couple cuts in a row, but uh, pretty good course history here. And then... Kevin Nah, you just never know. Um, play 5% of him in MME. Uh, coming off a second-place finish, one of those guys that just gets red hot. Um, anytime you have a par 70, I kind of bump him up a little bit. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of an iffy range. I, I'm always a sucker for some Robert McIntyre, even though he never grades out super well statistically. 
Um, he's had some decent finishes over the last couple of months and uh, I don't mind taking some shots on him and GPPs. Ryan Palmer would be another guy that uh, he'll fit that scoring notion that uh, he can certainly make some birdies and, and get hot. Uh, so those are a couple guys that I like. Uh, Ron, who are you looking at in the six Ks this week? Yeah, Cam Davis and, and Sam Burns are kind of both lumped together for me. I think they're very similar type players, uh, super high, super high ceiling. Um, you know, believe it or not, this is their, their first ever no-cut event. Um, so just having four rounds, you, you know they're probably going to have a bad, a bad round here or there, but they're both so explosive um, that this is kind of the perfect – type of event for them to play in and uh, there's really no pressure on them either you know they're not really expected to to finish too highly here um ryan palmer's another one like you said uh he's top 30 in this field in both approach and off the tee um finished 15th there last year uh stewart sink uh again the approach game has kind of been his strength recently uh, he's sixth in the field here um and again great course history uh even going back to the the old saint jude classic that was here um he finished fourth, 2018, 10th, and 2017. So uh, those would kind of be uh, my main ones down in this range. All right. Uh, Steven, the winner with Max Homa in our guest, the golfer segment, though somebody did guess uh, Herman, which uh, Odo and I talked about him a little bit before the show, um, that uh, that his numbers have looked pretty good the last few starts. So, um, Noto, now that we've got Homa guest, anything else you want to add on some of those uh, guys down there? Uh, yeah, Homa top 20 uh, in the field and birdie or better bogey avoidance. I think that's uh, pretty interesting for this price. And then, yeah, Herman, it kind of feels like he's going to be popular. I've heard his name on every podcast so far uh, because he's gained 4.7, 4.3 and 6.8 strokes ball striking his last three events. But uh, if he's going to be, you know, decently owned, I think you just made him. Yeah, I mean, we've still got him at three, so that's not very high, but that'll probably creep up if he's getting a lot of buzz. Um, but uh, it doesn't seem like mega chalk, like a Burns level or, uh, you know, some of the guys in the 7K range. So if he's only 5%, then are you still on board? Uh, yeah, an MME, nothing uh, nothing like single entry three max. Sure, sure. Uh, Ron, anybody else you like that uh, maybe we haven't mentioned throughout the show or anything, uh, any nuggets that uh, stood out as you kind of put your model uh, data together anybody that we want to avoid because they're going to hit too many water balls this week uh that's i'll actually be researching that tonight a little more so uh yeah look for that uh part of the article i'm writing uh this week for uh rg so um but no just last word on max homa i mean he's a true boomer bust type player you know he's got four top sevens this year already uh, and then i think he's missed you know four out of his last 10 cuts so um you know he's another guy that i think you have to at least take a chance on uh in some lineups uh, this week. All right. And I mentioned at the top of the show that the PGA tour released their, uh, full, uh, schedule for the following year, uh, earlier today, we've got a new event, um, or a new sponsor at, uh, Silverado resort, uh, in Napa to kick off the year, um, right before the Ryder cup in September, uh, then the kind of uh, October, November swing, they're still um, not doing maybe as many events in Asia uh, as they did in the past. But the Zozo looks like as of now is still going to be held in Japan uh, and the WGC HSBC is still going to be held in China. Otherwise, you know, the CJ Cup uh, still being held in, in Vegas this year. Um, 
and then kind of your schedule from say November, January, February, March is pretty standard. Um, not a whole lot of changes though. I did mention that the, the, this, this St. Jude championship is moving to the play to be a playoff event next year. So I'm uh, not sure what they're going to do with the WGC event, if they're just going to scrap it or if it's going to be sponsored, you know, some other uh, event and it's not on the calendar yet. I don't know. Um, in fact, I'm not sure. Yeah. They've got the other WGCs on here. So I noted, did, did you see anything on that? You probably haven't looked at this too much yet. Yeah. I haven't looked at it too much. Yeah. It's uh you know, TPC Boston was supposed to be rotating every other year as part of the playoffs, but it's out. So uh, just a few changes, but nothing earth shattering or groundbreaking, but uh, PGA tour did tweet that schedule today uh, on their PGA tour communications at PGA tour comms. Uh, if you want to check that out. So uh, that's getting the cart ahead of the horse though. Still plenty of golf to go before uh, we get to next year's schedule. Just not much of a break. Uh, the new season always starts right when the old one ends. So that will be here before we know it. Uh, but until then, we've got the FedEx St. Jude this week and we've got the Wyndham uh, next week and the playoffs will be getting kickstarted. Uh, Northern Trust BMW Championship and Tour Championship to close out the season. So before we go, as usual, we have to do our prize pick segment. Uh, Noto and I have agreed on the picks uh, the last couple of weeks. And uh, this week, just a, a minor difference. Um, I am not on Louie as much as Noto is, but um, Noto's picks were, uh, I think Devin might have the screen share of this, but uh, Rory McIlroy under 15 and a half finishing position, Daniel Berger under 17 and a half and Louie under 21 and a half. Uh, those do feel a bit inflated with only 66 golfers in the field. Uh, though I am going to challenge Noto next week. He has to take at least one over. Uh, he mentioned he doesn't like taking the overs. Um, you know, I guess he just wants to root for his golfers to do well. Uh, but next week we're going to force him to root for somebody who who's going to suck uh, to, to pick an over. So Noto challenge accepted for next week. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Uh, and the guy that I picked the over is going to win. Cause anytime I make a, <laughs> anytime I make a miscut, uh, hot take, which I did this week, um, for speed finishing outside the top 25. So that means he's going to play well. Um, just get ready for it. <laughs> just bet that golfer outright to win then. <laughs> yeah, bet the over. Um, I'm not as big on Louie just with all the golf he's played. It just worries me that this might be the week that it crashes and burns. But, uh, so from my end, if you want to replace, I like the Rory pick. I like the burger pick. Uh, but uh, maybe Finau under 24 and a half. That's a pretty big number for him. Uh, or if you want to play the fade on Shoffley, uh, I think his number is 15 and a half or 13 and a half, one of those low numbers to take the over on him. Uh, don't mind that this week. So uh, that's it. That's going to go ahead and wrap up our show here for you this week. Again, another short field, only 66 golfers. So didn't take us quite as long to, uh, to get through it, but uh, thanks for watching. Enjoyed having Ron aboard and hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed some of his takes. T check him out on Twitter at PGA with PGA splits one Oh one. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. And uh, you can check out uh, some of his work at Roto grinders as well. We're going to start incorporating that into our DFS golf content. So onward to bigger and better things and happy to, uh, to have Ron aboard and uh, thank him for joining us this evening. And as always for our producer, Devin and for Noto, I am Justin. Have a great rest of your week and good luck with your tur DFS tournaments and cash games for the WGC FedEx St. Jude. Have a great week, everybody, and we will see you back here next week. Take care. Mm -hmm.